Welcome back to the Beerly Hockey Podcast, Puckheads, presented by Beerly Sports. I'm your host, Phil Razor, and I'm once again joined by the advantaged Aaron Kinney and the nuisance, Nate McBride. Nate, we'll start with you tonight. How was your weekend, buddy? How's your Monday going? And uh, what are we sipping on? Oh, man. Weekend was good. Last weekend of having football. Just kind of only football to pay attention to because now we got hockey coming in strong this week, starting tomorrow night. So looking forward to that. Um, tonight, like I said, still sipping on the cold beer from Brewdog. Rocking with that. Nice cold beer. Let's get this thing popping. Aaron, how you doing, buddy? Dude, I am doing spectacular. Uh, for me, Nate, football as well this weekend. And I have just been making a killing betting on whoever UCLA is playing to cover the spread on the live bet. Like, you get halfway through the first quarter, that they're, like, letting every team hang in games. I'm just, like, raking in the money, staying up, getting wasted at, like, 1 a.m. watching the Pac-12. It's It's... The dream, but hockey is back. So that's now. why. So that's why you were all caps betting on Saturday night slash Sunday morning, saying if you're not staying up for Pac-12 action, yes. you're dumb. Also, dude, even if you're not, Aaron was on Aaron it, was it's Aaron was drunk tweeting. Bro, Aaron was drunk tweeting. So folks, listeners, if you're overtime, Arizona yeah. and USC went to triple overtime. It was electric, and like so li- the spread was listeners, like 17 and a half. So my bet was one like deep into the fourth quarter. I just got to sit there and enjoy it. Uh, yeah, always take the over in a USC game too. Their defense is butt cheeks. Oh yeah, dude. So listeners. Yep. Oh yeah. Listeners, you way, heard this. Hey, listeners, we- you heard this right here. If you lie, if you tweet Aaron on a Saturday night around midnight, one o'clock in the morning, you might catch him drunk and he might tweet you back. That's his witching hour. It really is, dude. Like, the girlfriend's gone to bed at that point. I just get to, like, rip it up, hang out with the cat, and just hammer fucking UCLA to not cover the spread. It's it's the that's, dream after a long weekend. That's perfect. I was going to bring it up tonight, boys, because the whole sports world is talking about it. I wanted to have a little fun with the hockey version of this. Uh, what is the hockey equivalent of how Miami of Florida lost that game by not kneeling out the clock? That might be the worst coaching decision in any sport I've ever seen, ever. Just the, I mean, don't get me wrong, Georgia Tech's ability to go 70. Pulling the goalie, that's the equivalent of pulling the goalie with, like, six minutes left in the game. At even strength, like, at your even game? (laughs) Yeah, even strength, even game, with six minutes left, you went ahead and pulled the goalie. Yeah, I I, I was trying to think. Yeah, I was trying to think. I, I just, I don't get it, like, that's it. It's. I mean, that's that's about as close as I could get. Yeah. Or or not yeah. putting or or you know getting a you know not getting your best shooter to take a PK. You or P penalty shot. I said PK like it's a fuck like we're fuck watching Premier League, but you've had, no like uh, not to take a penalty shot. Here we go. You've had, you're you're on the penalty kill. You're up by a goal. You have. The same PK unit has been out for like a minute 50 and you get a stoppage and you said just leave them out there and bleed out the final five seconds when they're gassed. Oh, I like that. I like that's that. Good, yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Could you imagine? Yeah. Holy shit. It's tough. Holy shit. Your center can't even Brute. like support himself to take the face off. He's so gassed. 
Yeah. Like, first of all, you're having players. You're having players quit your team after that game, like straight up. <laughs> if you're if you're that if you're that bench bossing, you're like players are you're you're out of a job or players are off your team. Yep. Well, I like yep. that we've talked about uh this the Pac-12 in here a little bit and the craziness going on there because we are in the Pacific Division tonight, boys, and it's Woo! gonna be just as fucking wild back and forth offense all day long. Do you guys agree? Oh my god, yes. Yeah. Phil, how how about you? How are you doing? How was your weekend? Funny, it was great. I uh, you know, Saturday went and watched the Buckeyes. That was fun. Watched a bunch of other college football games. Nice. You and I got you and I got pretty close on our parlay. We don't have to divulge the uh, details in that one, but fucking no. Well, no, Miami, Florida fucked us too. But either way, we did we did end up making money. Uh, And then Sunday, I actually went to a as a Jaguars fan, went to a Bills bar, did talk some sabers with the locals. Um, they were all pretty cool, even though their team lost. Jags, Jags won. So, you know, I, if it was like an Eagles Jags bar, looking I'm, strong. Jags looking yeah, strong this year. Look, looking strong. You know, coming bouncing back from a one and two start. Yeah, if it was an Eagles bar, I was joking. Like I probably would have walked out of there with like one eye or maybe a, like lost a finger. Bills bar, probably. they're just like Bills bar. They just like force feed you booze. So it's like the best people uh, up there, man. Oh yeah, it's great, and you know that's why we're so pumped about the Sabers, and we really gasped up in the Atlantic preview because we. Love the team. Love the young guys. You know, they finally locked up Tager, which is great. Or not, sorry, Darlene, um, which is great. But uh, I, I think it's the fan base more than anything that we find endearing about Buffalo. But tonight is all about the Pacific Division. And we're going to start with a team that uh, has a lot to talk about. Some of it good, some of it bad, but all of it in Southern California, the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, they finally reached a bridge deal with Trevor Zegras. So he'll be there making a shade, or shade under six sheets a year. Um, he'll be there until he's 25. He can leave and go get his big money somewhere else. But, uh, you know, outside of the Zegras deal, which obviously is the biggest news out of their camp, um, they this last finished last season with 58 points, eighth in the Pacific, uh, had the best odds to get Connor Bedard. Gary Bettman had other plans. So they ended up with the number two overall pick. Um, they added Alex Kalorn. Radko Gudis coming off of a great run there with Florida. Robert Hag, Alex Stalock, and Ilya Nabushkin. It's a fun one to say. And then obviously they drafted Leo Carlson, so we can throw him into the additions as well. Um, you know, going into the season, subtractions. A lot of old names on this list. Uh, Kevin Shattenkirk, no longer there. Max Comtois, Anthony Stolarz, Simon Benoit, Jason Magna. John Moore, Nathan, B- ooh, is that Boyu? Boyu, okay, I always, that's a tough one. Honest, and honestly, I've never even heard his name on television. Oh, Boye? I, I just remember a couple Bo- years ago. Or, or, could, couple it years Bo- ago could it be Boye? No, that's Boyu. I only remember because, well, this was also a Montreal broadcast. They might have been throwing a little French flair on it. He was playing for the Canadians, and he took one of the nastiest pucks to the face I've ever seen, and they announced his name like six times as he was getting carted off the ice. But glad okay, to see yeah. he at least, you know, made it back and he's playing some hockey again. <laughs> yeah, good well, for him. Maybe, then, well, maybe. That's my we, only memory. Yeah, I don't know where he went. No, he's playing, I'm sure we mentioned him on another team maybe somewhere. But... Yeah, that's, yeah, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of names in there. And then Michael Delzada, obscure former Blue Jacket and of many other teams as well, Ottawa Senator, uh, announced his retirement for the National Hockey League after a 10-year career. So congrats to MDZ. Um Boys, Anaheim, projected lines don't look great <laughs> uh, from a winning now standpoint. 
I do like their top two in the spine of Zegers and McTavish. They do have other good pieces, but to me, you know, this team's really, and I'll just say my X factor now for them, it's John Gibson. This team goes as John Gibson does. They can defend worth a shred of humanity in front of him. They can be a decent team, but they've proven year in and year out that blue line optional, John Gibson just gets absolutely rocked night in and night out. You know, I, I feel a little bad for him because he deserves better than what he, what he gets in front of him. Yeah. Yeah, John Gibson, man, he always starts kind of strong, and then you just see him break. Like, he does everything he can to keep his team in games, and he, he's gotten a lot of hate recently for his numbers. Like, people don't think he has it anymore. He's a good fucking goalie, man. He just, like, it, there, at some point, he just can't keep doing it. And this, this team did not look like they were even playing anything close to NHL hockey last year, kind of like a team that's close to home here. But... <laughs> I, I think they got a new coach coming in. They're going to have maybe a little bit more structure. And ultimately, it's just a development year for these young guys again. Um, if, like, Leo Carlson, he could come in and make an impact. He is a defensive center. It's just whether or not he's ready to translate that skill set to the NHL. Um, you know, Trevor Zegers is just going to be lighting it up and celebrating and scoring stupid goals and not really doing much else. But, you know... It, he puts asses in the seats, and that's why it's so important that they got that deal done. I cannot believe Pat Verbeek just trying to squeeze every drop he can out of this kid, not pay him when he's really the only reason the Bills are getting paid at the Honda Center. And uh, in the same vein there, Jamie Drysdale. They, I, I, there's some rumors going around that no one's going to ever say it was intentional, but he had a lot of injury issues last year. And there were some rumors that he maybe could have come back at the end of the season to get him those 10 games he needed to be arbitration eligible. And they, like, played it cautious and just had him sit out for the next year. But then when contract negotiation came around, no arbitration rights, so he just got to sit there and get squeezed too. So I, Pat Verbeek is just hammering out these contracts. It's like Yarmo Kekalainen 2.0 holding the hammer on the RFAs. And I, I think you're going to see kind of like what happened in Columbus where – these guys hold that grudge. You know, when these three-year deals expire, do they want to give you any kind of a, a hometown discount or loyalty or anything? I don't think so after being treated that way. So you're either going to have to pay out the ass to keep them or you're going to say bye-bye to them and bring in some other players instead. It's like it, you just can't squeeze these guys the way they used to. Pat Verbeek is so antiquated in the way he does business in the modern NHL. Like, you're in an Anaheim, in a market like Anaheim, right? The Honda Center, I mean, you know, nobody ever raves that, oh, I can't wait to go to the Honda Center to watch a game tonight. And this is a franchise that's won a cup, mind you, by the way. So it's not like they have no history of anything. And to, to me, you play second fiddle in Southern California heavily to the Los Angeles Kings. It's not even close there. You know, you're trying to get the residents of Orange County to come out and watch you. Maybe San Diego will drive up for a game. You know, it's only about 80 minutes, so... You know, you're kind of trying to pull that the rest of the Southern California crowd, and you're not really giving them a reason. You get an asshole GM. That shit might play in a market like Montreal, where the fans are all about it. But in Anaheim, you have to overpay a little bit to keep get guys to stay there and buy in. You do. And like, it's not <laughs> even overpaying. It's like paying these guys what they're worth. They could have hammered out this deal months ago. They both could have been through training camp, getting valuable development time, but. Verbeek wanted to try and squeeze him. Like, if you were going to pay Zegris just under six mil, 
offer it to him months ago, man. And the, the mm-hmm. last thing I'll say here, if they were contending, I would understand. If they needed that cap space, yeah, okay. But you have so much ca- – you have like $16, 17000000 million in cap space, and you just overpaid for Kalorn and Gudis. Why the hell yeah. are you squeezing your valuable pieces? Yeah, Kalorn has nothing else to play for. He's won. I mean, not nothing else to play for. I, I'll, I'll rephrase this. He's won his cops. You know, Alex Kalorn right now is looking to get paid. And I respect that, and that's good for him. Make as much money as you can. Your career is finite. It's very short. Kudis just went on a, you know, just went on a crazy run with Florida. So, you know, he's also looking for that payday, cashing in on the most improbable Stanley Cup final run of the last 10 years. So, Nate, what are we going to go with, man? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Aaron, Aaron, it's interesting. What, you know, this little depth chart thing that you have in here for us, I'm showing way different on cap friendly. Usually our, usually these sources are pretty close, but I've got I've got two way different things here. So your thing, what you've got here is showing Zegris, Henrique, and uh, Troy Terry on the first line. I'm seeing Troy Terry and Trevor Zegris centered by Leo Carlson. Oh, second moves for the rookie. Second line, I'm showing Frankie V, Frank Vetrano, who will be my X factor, and I'll get into that. Um, and Ryan Strom, centered by Mason McTavish. And then I'm seeing Benoit Olivier Giroux centering Adam Henrique and Jacob Silverberg. And then Sam Carrick centering Max Jones and Brock McGinn. I'm seeing Alex Kalorn on IR right now. Oh, shit. That must have been a recent yeah. one. I, yeah. I would say you're probably more up to date than me there, buddy. Yeah, and then uh, defensively, I'm showing Cam Fowler, Jamie Drysdale first. Uh, Mitunkyov, I'm going to give the best shot on that. Labushkin on the second pairing, and then Lacombe and Gudis on the third. Huh. Okay. Yeah, so Labushkin. very, very interesting. Very interesting little difference. But, um, yeah, so to go back, Frankie, Frank Vetrano, Frankie V, my X Factor. Why, you ask? Because this guy, Frank Vetrano... He's 29 years old. He's making 3.6 mil a year. And he's producing 41 points a year. Last year, last year had 41 points. 22 Genos, 19 Apples. I don't know about you guys, but if I'm paying a guy that much, I think I'd like to see just a little more than 41 points. I granted this is this was a last place team, but I, I'd like to see this guy play a big role in what you're hoping to be a bounce back for this franchise. Because you've got him locked up, you know, he'll become a UFA after next season. Yeah. Um. So, I, I you know, I like, I mean, this guy's obviously going to be a part of this rebuild unless you start trading, you know, start looking to trade off, and then he becomes part of that again at the end of this year. I wouldn't but make that decision. I wouldn't either, but you could also let go of a guy, uh, well, I don't know, maybe go let go of a guy like Adam Henrique and let him go to a cup contender, try to get something. Yeah, that's a um, nice move for him. You know, 33, Jacob Silverberg, same thing. These are guys, I mean, these are guys that are, you know, free agents this coming year. That's that, Those are some of those guys that I'd look at there. And I think that's Rabik's plan. Just get these guys to produce as much as you can with these young kids and then sell them at the deadline for whatever you can get to make way for more Labushkin, Labushkin, I could see going as well. Um, 29 years old, free agent after this year. I could see them letting him go to get some, you know, to a cup contender. Um, yeah, 
I mean, I, I just I think Frank Petrano with him being you have him till next season. I think next season's the year where he gets where he ends up getting that trade. Yeah. Um, so really, you'd like to see him be able to contribute, you know, on that second on that second line, because if so, that's a nice second line for him to really get some production out of with Mason McTavish and Ryan Strome. Yeah, for sure. Um, my X factor here. I've got Jamie Drysdale. I think he's going to be pissed off after missing so much last year. I think he has to take a big step in his production this season. He's not happy with the contract he got. He's not happy with, you know, the situation that he had last season being injured. I think we look for him to take a big step. He's got a new coach too. So I, I'm really excited to see what he can do this season. Cause he was dynamic in juniors. I love it. I love it right there, boys. Uh, I have Anaheim. Finishing seventh in the Pacific Division, which is obviously nowhere near playoffs. That's not what this team is yet. I'm uh, right there we, with you. Yep, do we all? Okay, we all. I think, I think we're all in. We're all in concurrence. Seventh. Yeah, we're all in pretty much agreement on a, a few of these. I think in the West or in the Pacific Division. Out yeah. West. Let's hop down to uh, Aaron's second favorite team, the San Jose Sharks. Last season, finished the year with 60 points. They were also in the race to the bottom until the end. Finished seventh in the Pacific. Uh, a lot of additions. They brought in Anthony Duclair, Giovanni Smith, Ryan Carpenter, Kyle Burroughs, Mackenzie Blackwood, Andre Suster, Scott Sabarin, if I said that right, Mike Hoffman, Philip Zadina, Mikhail Grandland, and Jan Ruta. And there, I mean, you know, a lot of names there, a lot of guys that are fringe AHLers. Um, Anthony Duclair has had a nice career. He's carved out a nice little career, especially you know, revamping in town in Florida over the last couple of years. Um, mm -hmm. you know, nice nice little run they went on, like I've said before. And the rest of them kind of, you know, are all outweighed by the one main subtraction, Aaron. Yeah, Eric Carlson. We've talked about the trade before. Mike Greer, again, retaining salary, eating up one of those cap slots that he could use to sell one of these additions off of the trade deadline for the rebuild and not getting that impressive of a package in return. Um, yeah, this team's going to be bad, boys. It's cut and dry. This is the worst team in the league by a mile, in my opinion. Uh, they did bring in some different faces in goal. We'll see if that makes any difference. Um, Cap, it's not Capo, yeah, Capo Kakinen. He, uh, he was not good last year. Very, very bad in goal. And Mackenzie Blackwood, he's looking at maybe shaking a new stick at his career. See if that works out. This team is just in full on tank mode. Um, you're looking at maybe just pumping the numbers up with what you can for guys like Kevin LeBanc, uh, Mike Hoffman, um, Anthony Duclair, guys that you can flip at the deadline, hopefully for a better return than what you've got in the past. But since you can only retain salary on one of them, since you're still paying Carlson and Burns for multiple years in the future, you're really limited with your flexibility there. So uh, the future is not bright. Let's just call it that. Will Smith, nice draft addition. Uh, he's not going to play this year for the Sharks, and it's it's just going to be it's going to be a long grind of a season in San Jose. I do not expect that arena to be popping whatsoever. No, but it, you know, give it a couple years. There, you know, they I think they've got the front office in place. I think they've got the right guys. I mean, from everything uh, that we've heard, I don't know, dude. Oh. Mike Greer with these, just the asset management from Mike Greer is not good. Like hopefully it's, he it hasn't been great. Better than he trades. That's what, 
that's what you've got to hope for. That's what you. That's what you're really hoping for. It seems like you know they they lucked into getting Will Smith there. I mean, they knew that they were going to kind of get that or whoever else was left. You know, after the first three had picked their way. Now you're just hoping that the lottery is going to be friendly to you moving forward, and that you're going to be getting some top three picks over the next few years, and maybe even trading with some teams that get you some other you know decent picks along the way. Yeah. Um. But yeah, if you you know if you're a Sharks ownership group, it might be time to start looking at new GMs. Don't know if they are or if they're you know they might be asleep at the wheel. I think they're. Uh, so this is only Greer's second season. I think that they're going to let him have a little bit more runway, see if he can kind of materialize anything out of this. I haven't totally given up hope yet, but it's he's going to have to do some things to show me that he belongs there. Um, Hasso Plattner, he owns SAP. He's got the most money in the world, so like he's not really worried about not selling tickets for a couple years. Um, I Do you guys have anything else to say about the Sharks? I, I have one X, no. and that's about it for me. Go for it. Uh, Mario Ferraro, he looked like a budding top blue liner a couple years ago, taking a couple steps back. He's got to continue Ray's son? development. What's up? Ray's son? No, no, he's not related to Ray. That'd be sick if he no. was. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, Mario Ferraro, please take a step forward. Uh, the defense is very old and bad. Uh, Mark Edward Vlasic, insane good soldier, but he's past his prime, making a whole lot of money. Um, maybe Kutcher or Thomas Hurdle get to be traded to a contender, get a decent return there. We'll see. But they, they both have a lot of money being owed to him for a long time. So Thomas Hurdle's locked up till 2030. Yeah. It's like, you're going to have to eat some, it, if you can get an insane return for him, then eat half the contract to get an insane return on that last cap slot. But otherwise He'll he'll still be good when the rebuild's over. That's Jesus, he's over. in. That's an that's an eight mil cap hit. So you, yeah, yeah. But you for what you he were brings, t- dude. It, if you eat half that four million dollar, I I would trade two first round picks to get Tomas Hurdle at that price. He's that. Oh yeah. Player. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Yep. But, if I'm if I'm a, if I'm a Sharks fan, I'm hitting here sitting here saying crash and burn for Celebrity or Cole Eiserman, whichever one's available at number one, because they're probably going to have the number one pick. Yeah. Um. We all have them finishing eighth. My X factor, my X factor was father time, by the way, in that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my X factor, my X factor is the draft. Yeah, there you go, the draft, father time. Yep, that's all. Sorry, Sharks, all about love right. you. Just really hope you can get this turned around. Maybe yeah. there'll be a maybe there'll be a great moment this season. We could talk about him uh, extensively on a podcast. Um, let's go hop down to the Vancouver Canucks. Eighty-three points last year, sixth in the Pacific. They added Carson Soucy. Pius Suter, Teddy Bluger, Ian Cole, Matt Irwin, Jack Stadnicka, Casey DeSmith, and Zachary Sawchenko. A couple tendies there at the end. They lost Oliver Ekman Larson, Ethan Bear. Yeah, they yeah, they bought out. We'll talk about that. Colin Delia, Brady Keeper, Justin Dowling, Travis Dermott, and Vitaly Kravtsov. Um, yeah, OEL definitely. I mean, they brought in some decent names. Casey to Smith, can he re, you know revitalize his career? Probably backing up Patrick Demko. Ian Cole's been everywhere. Teddy Bluger's been everywhere. Teddy Bluger's won some cups. 
Um, you know, Pius Suter, sol, yeah. solid center out of uh, out of Detroit. Teddy Bluger coming out of Vegas. Carson Susie, yeah. like yeah, they they did some. You know, Susie had some good time there in Seattle for a while. So, um, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. The big story is they paid a lot of money for Ekman Larson out of Arizona, and that ended up crashing and burning as well. So, uh, no OEL anymore there. It's an interesting game. I mean, you know, you got Rick Tockett at the helm. They named Quinn Hughes the captain. Um, first Jewish captain in NHL history. That's a pretty cool fun fact there. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, now we got all three Hughes brothers in the NHL running around, two of them with one team. You got poor Quinn across the entire world from them. Um, Quinn lives this in team a lost, city, though, at least. That, that is true. New Jersey's an armpit. At least Vancouver, you can go hiking and, you know. Vancouver's the enjoy. Elliott Canada, man. That place is beautiful. It, it is. It is beautiful out there. Uh, I think everybody kind of feels this team will finish right around the same spot. But before we get to that point, um, you know, there's been circling trade rumors about a lot of guys in this team. We all saw how they handled the Bo Horvat contract situation. Do you have any faith in the front office to not only keep guys like Elias Pettersson, but anyone down the line from him too that serves any level of importance in this franchise? I'll let you take the helm on this, Nick, because I'm going to have a lot of things to say about this team afterwards. I mean, dude, they just – I don't know, man. They, they've they got good guys in there. I feel like there's guys to invest in. Like, I, I got to say, I'd invest in Kuzmenko. That guy can fucking score. Um, I'd, inv- I'd invest in a Brock Besser, definitely Patterson. Like, you need to be – and I don't know – you don't want to be going out trying to buy because this is a team that needs to be acquiring and trading to get draft picks. I don't know, man. I like I I don't know what this team's doing. I don't know what this I like I don't know what this front office wants to do. You've got Rick Tockett in there. I you know we'll see how this experiment works out. It didn't work out very great the last time, so who knows? I I, I don't have a lot to say. Um, I, I expect like my, my X factors cause Manko, I have him finishing six. Um, that's all I got. I love the Vancouver Canucks roster this year. I was very critical about their front office with the Bo Horvat situation and with the Bruce Boudreaux situation. They did not treat those guys professionally at all, but here we sit. And they have fixed their defense, bringing in Carson Soucy, who did great things in Seattle last year. Ian Cole, Matt Irwin, a couple of just rugged veterans who aren't going to be relied upon for a ton, but can kind of stabilize a little bit back there. You've got a very good backup in Casey DeSmith behind Thatcher Demko. He was a good backup in Pittsburgh. He wasn't the best when he was tasked with being the starter because Jerry was always injured, but he's a good backup. And... I'm not seeing a lot of quality that they're losing. And I think a big part of that is because of the Elias Pedersen contract situation. He opted not to resign. He wants to play out the year, see what happens. And all indications show that he wants to see if this can be a competing team. They did everything they need to, to make this team compete. In my opinion, um, they were very good at following uh tire last season down the stretch and they have completely overhauled the defense, which was their biggest problem last season. They've added some depth with Pew Suter. Teddy Bluger is an awesome fourth-line player. I am, I'm really excited to see what this team can do this year, 
and I have them finishing a lot higher than they did last season. All right, fair enough. Uh, fun fact before we get into the X Factors, by the way, they have world-renowned tall man Tyler Myers on their third pairing decor. That's where he's getting old. Getting older, man. He's thirty-three 30. now. Yep, thirty-three, and he, he's all of six foot eight. And Nate, you and I watched him play when he was in Winnipeg. We sat right on the glass there in Columbus. We were yeah. like, holy, we were like, holy fuck, who is this guy? This guy's a tree. If he plays every game this year, the last game of the year will be exactly one thousand on the nose for him. Hell so I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 pull, I'm pulling for him to play all eighty-two this year. That's my big one uh, for them. But no, uh, X factor wise, for me, I'm going to have to go with Brock Besser. I want to see him step his game up this year. We could talk about Elias Pettersson in that top line. I love Anthony Bobillier, too, the guy that got in return, part of the Bo Horvat deal. But I'm going to go with Brock Besser. You know, can, yeah. can, he, step, can he step up and get to that 70, 80-point range? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, now that I'm looking at this lineup, I, you know, Aaron, again, our sources are just a little bit different on the, on the pairing. So um, now that I'm, like, actually looking at it, I don't hate it. I still have them finishing sixth. Um I and I just like what some other teams have done, um, and I'm you know a little optimistic about a certain um, team that starts with a C, that we'll get to here in a little bit. But um, I I I'm, I don't hate this team. I like I love the Teddy Bluger edition and the Pius Suter edition. I think those are going to be great for them. Um, I'm showing Elias Pettersson with Kuzmenko and Granlund or Garland. Um, I'm showing DiGiuseppe with Miller and Besser, Suter with Joshua and Bolivier, and Bluger with Hoglander and Lafferty. Um, and Lafferty, I like that. I like him. I think he's a good fourth line guy for them. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah, I forgot that. And, and, and defense, and defense is solid. And defense is solid as well. Yeah, like Quinn, got, Quinn Hughes is a good leader. That, that's what I love yep. about their decor. Absolutely. Yeah. My X factor is going to be Carson Soucy. Uh, he played a really nice role in Seattle. Now he gets to come into Vancouver and bump guys like Tyler Myers down the lineup a little bit. Um, he's just a mobile puck moving guy who I think is going to play really well off of Quinn Hughes. When Quinn Hughes is always flying up and down the ice, going deep in the zone. Carson Soucy is mobile and intelligent, and he can understand when to cover for him, get to the right position kind of help support with moving the puck up to him. I, I really like that addition for them, and I think he's going to have a big year. You know, another thing, too, um, with uh, another, I guess, X-Factor B that I'll throw in, Th- uh, Thatcher Demko, we have, we didn't really touch on him, but now that he's got this defensive core in front of him that seems to be just a little more solid, I think you'd like to see some some better numbers from Thatcher Demko. Yeah. Um, last year, last year, you know, three three point one six goals allowed, nine save percentage of nine oh two. Um, you know, hopefully you can see those a little bit higher. I think you'd like to see that goals allowed under three for sure. Yeah. And have that save percentage a little closer to ninety two ninety three. Yep. And he was playing through injury most of last season too, so I think we're gonna see a rejuvenated version of him. And I love having Casey DeSmith in there to kind of relieve him. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so where do you guys have him finishing? I have him sixth. Phil, sixth I, as well. I also have them sixth. Yeah, I do. I have them fourth. You're Woo-hoo. smoking dope. I think they're, that's what we said to you at the Kraken last year, Nate, and look what happened. They they didn't quite get there, but almost. I'm I'm high on the Canucks, man. I, I think they're launching up the standings. I think this is a big year for them. 
Do the Canucks. You're trying to say you're trying to say you're trying to make my you're trying to make my Seattle prediction. You there? Your Vancouver's your Seattle this year. Mm, uh, you know, I didn't really make the connection until I just mentioned it, but yeah, they're they're the team that I think is going to surprise some people. Okay. Okay. All right, Aaron. I love it. I love it. We got a, we finally got a little disagreement here, boys. Um, let's hop down to a team that uh, you know, the hype couldn't be any less if they, if they tried. Although I'm sure uh, the infamous. Rick from Red Deer on uh, Spit and Chicklets, as they jokingly refer to him, uh, will have something for us here. Uh, the Calgary Flames, last season, 93 points, finished fifth in the Pacific. They added, that's a fun name, Yegor Sharagovich. Yeah. No, I'm just saying it's a fun name. I was going to say oh, it is. Yeah. yeah. And then Jordan Osterley, they lost Tyler Toffoli, Milan Lucic, Trevor Lewis, Troy Stetcher, Michael Stone. Congrats on the retirement to Michael Stone. Nick Ritchie and Matthew Phillips. Um, this team went out and made a lot of moves uh, last offseason. Jonathan Huberto never looked like himself. Mackenzie Weger didn't look like anything of what he was in Florida. So the Panthers only won that trade. They might have won the trade five times over at this point, the way it's looking. I'm looking forward to Calgary potentially bouncing back and being more competitive this year. To me, the one thing they need to solidify before they even get started is I would love to see a Lindholm contract. He's, you know, he put up 40 tucks on a line with Johnny Goudreau and Matthew Kachuk. I would like to see him get paid. Um, but, you know, outside of that, really, I mean, he's a, how often do you find a 28-year-old center that produces like he does? Um, they still have guys like Nazem Kadri, you know, on this team. I love, you know, Andrew Mangiapane as well. They have some names that I really like. But this team, man, I, they're good enough to compete, but I don't know how competitive they'll actually be. Yeah, I. If they had replaced some of the guys they lost, I would be a lot higher on this team. I think Huberto. I mean, he has to have a bounce back year, man. This is yeah. the first year of that massive eleven million dollar contract extension, and it is not looking good. He has got to figure something out. Daryl Sutter hated him. He was talking about him taking shits when he was injured and like not putting him in situations to succeed. So I think he will bounce back a little bit here. But uh, Nazem Kadri also, I think you're going to see a little bit more out of him. But Tyler yeah. Toffoli was your leading scorer last year, man. And he's gone now. Igor Sharangovich yeah. isn't doing that. And you lose Lucic. He's not that great on the ice, but I think he was a big voice in the dressing room. Trevor Lewis, he's been productive to a point. Uh, good bottom six guy. Troy Stetcher, big part of that defense. He's gone now. I, and Jacob Markstrom, he did not look good last year, and you just took away one of your best lockdown D-men. I am really... I, I want to see Calgary succeed. They just got new, good news about uh, an arena deal finally being reached. They're going to get out of the Saddle Dome, RIP. But I just don't see where the growth is going to come from unless everyone on this team has massive bounce-back years. It's do, do, we know, do, we, do we know when the last year of the Saddle Dome is going to be, Aaron? Um, They have... I think it's at least two years from now, I believe. They, they haven't had any renderings of the new arena come out yet. They just finally reached a deal about the finances of it. So I'm sure we'll get more details trickle out from that uh, as time progresses. Boys, we got to go to Calgary for a game. Yeah, got to get into the, the dome. Saddle dome is, the Saddle Dome is iconic, and it's basically just Denver up in Canada. I got to get my passport renewed and then we'll go. When uh, Uyghur got traded there, though, he walked in. He's like, yeah, you guys need to get a new arena. 
and the press conference. <laughs> like the Holy locker shit. rooms are just like falling apart in there, dude. Like the the amenities are dog shit. It's an amazing arena with a lot of history and a really cool architecture, but they just have not kept it up. It's maybe maybe you make a Saddle Dome 2.0. I wish like, I sure fucking hope so. They haven't released the rumors. Be... It might still be in the cards. Can, yeah. can they call? Can they call it the Thunderdome, dude? As long as they still have that walk of death for the media members across the top of the ice that we were talking to Svoboda about. <laughs> that, that, yeah, those stories are great. Every time they go there, they ask Jody if he's okay. Yeah, because they always think Jody thinks he's gonna die every hey, time. By the um, way, shout out! By the way, shout out Jackets Insider Jeff Svoboda. I saw him at the uh, Columbus Italian Festival on Friday night. Oh, nice! Hey, I hope you enjoyed the. Uh, the wine, Nate. I hope it was free flowing, my friend. Dude, the wine and the gabagool were everywhere, the man. Gabagool. That's the way to do it, boys. That's the way to do it. Um, my X factor for Calgary this year, it, it was kind of a tough decision. I, I was kind of looking through, and I'm like, you know, there's a lot of options here. I think there's a couple of layups, and I took one of the layups. I'm going Lindholm because he's in a contract here. They need to get a deal done with him. They need to keep him there for at least four to five more years. Um, it's tough to find a number one center that produces the, at the rate he does. So Lindholm is my guy for my X factor for the season for the Calgary Flames. Yeah. Mine's going to be Jacob Markstrom. He had a great year, his second season in Calgary, absolutely shit the bed in the playoffs. And that carried over into last year. He like, he would have really nice stretches and then just allow a mind boggling back breaking goal. And you can't be having that out of him again. Like he's, I, I think that, with a new coach, maybe he gets a little better. I really hope he does for his sake in the Flames, but I, I need to see more out of him this season. At least league average goaltending out of him. Mm-hmm. 100%. I'm going with Huberdeau. Um, he, you just, uh, I, I think the bounce back is going to happen. Um, so I'm confident in that. And I, I think you see, I think you, I'm calling a, I'm calling an 80 point year out of Huberdeau this year. All right, man. I love it. Jonathan Uberdo back to a point per game player. Yep. Where do you guys have him finishing? I have him fifth. I also have them fifth. I have them sixth. All right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You you could swap them in Vancouver for me, and and I wouldn't be shocked, you know? Yeah. I want to see them do well. I just think Vancouver's too much better. And they're like, this division is so good once you get past the bottom two teams. It's hard for anyone to jump anyone unless they are like dramatically improved. Boys, we have to kind of talk about this too. And, you know, everybody on social media come at us at Beerly Hockey. And while you're there, go follow us on Instagram at Beerly Sports. Check out the Beerly Sports there, store there as well. Make sure you leave us a five star review on the listening platform of your choice. Um, I think this division, it, it's been the Metropolitan for so long. And there are years where the Atlantic might be stronger than the Metro. The Pacific's got to be the the deepest division now, and I don't really think it's I don't think it's debatable. And you know you why can't really the deepest be... division? Because of their fucking depth, Phil. Every one of these teams outside the bottom two has three solid scoring lines. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. And Calgary, you know, is is absolutely no exception. Um, you know, to that, I, you look at them top to bottom, man. That third line, Coleman, Backlund, and Mangiapane, they can put the puck in the net. You know. Yeah. And that's just a, that's an example of a team we have finishing in the bottom half. Let's go to a team that last year uh, you could argue shocked the world. The Seattle Kraken finished last year with 100 points in their second season in existence, uh, fourth in the Pacific, had a first round upset of the Colorado Avalanche, 
and ended up getting knocked out in the second round. But you know what? That's okay. For a second-year team, Climate Pledge Arena was rocking. Um, they added Kyler Yamamoto, Brian Dumoulin, and Pierre-Edward Bellamare. Said that right this time. Boom. Uh, they lost Daniel Sprong, Morgan. Kiki. Ryan Donato, Carson Ceci, who we just mentioned, and Martin Jones. Um, they didn't do a whole lot to change the rosters around. They made some subtle moves, I think. Uh, to me, this team, I, I love the moniker from last year, right? They're basically four second lines, and they still kind of run out four second lines. Wouldn't you agree with that, Nate? Um, yeah, I mean, you've got guys like uh, – you've got really talented guys that – could be, yeah, second, third line guys everywhere. But yeah, there's all second liners. They're all really good. They are the Carolina Hurricanes of the West. Not this year's Hurricanes team, because they're just a juggernaut, but like they're an early iteration of the Hurricanes where they're very analytics driven. Everybody everybody produces. Yeah. They're analytics driven. They they buy low on guys, they bring in players and have them play with a ton of pace. They just hit you with wave after wave. They don't have quite as aggressive of a forecheck as the Canes do, but it's pretty damn close. And they just, they run you into the ground with their depth. And it's it's just a sight to see. They don't have that top-notch 100% superstar. Maybe Matty Beneers becomes that. I think he's on his, his way to. But it's, mm-hmm. it's a team that just, you get no breaks, man. You don't get to take a shift off. And when you throw out your fourth-line guys, they better be buckled the fuck up because they're facing a group of players that is more skilled than them and is going to pressure them to death. I could very easily, very easily see um, Burakovsky getting shipped up to the first line um, and swapping out Jordan Eberle. I, you know, I know Jordan Eberle um, is a, you know, great solid player, but I think Burakovsky has the skill that you'd want to put next to Matty Beneers. Yeah. I, I think this team is going to shift a lot throughout the season. Uh, every Since every line plays with the same pace, kind of the same way, you can mix and match players on them, and they can just fit like a glove. Like You can you can search for that perfect chemistry fit because everyone is going to be a good match for each other because they all kind of have that same philosophy. And I, and I like – and Aaron, it's interesting. I'm looking at the – from a defensive standpoint – um the your sheet and mine are a little different we've got the second and third lines flipped so i've got schultz and dumoulin on the second and alexiak and borgen on the third um but again three pairings of probably second pair guys yeah dude vince vince dunn put up 64 points last year 50 apples you know on the blue line can he repeat that kind of production this year I'm excited to watch him play. I'll tell you that much. I'm telling uh, you, like, like, look at that. Like, I'm looking at it right here. Even their third pair, their third pair last year had 40, 45 points. Yeah. That's, that's solid production from a third defensive pairing. I'd yeah. like for Eric, I'd like for Eric and Branson to have five points this year. Um, I have Burakoski as my X Factor. Won a Stanley Cup in Colorado. Went to Seattle. Got a little bit of a payday. Didn't have the best season last year. I want to see him bounce back. I would like to see him move up to that first slide too, Nate. I want to see him play with Matty Beneers. I think they could each be 80 point per year guys, you know, on that top line together if the chemistry gets right. Oh, yeah. That's who I'm taking Burakovsky a nice little bounce back year. 
stay healthy all year, big boy. And I think uh, the sky's the limit for him. Yeah. I've got Kyler Yamamoto coming over from Edmonton. Uh, he hit the scene pretty hard uh, a couple years ago. And just it, he hasn't quite been able to keep up with the pace of McDavid and all those guys. It struggled to find a fit in Edmonton. If he's not playing with McDavid or Dreisaitl, there's not really anywhere for him to play because that team has always been bad on the depth side. So I like to see him in a system like this where it's just kind of a scoring by committee. I think he's got the talent to do it. Right now he's on the fourth line, but as we said, all these lines are interchangeable. They're all second lines, basically. He's going to get some ice time and play with a lot of pace, and I think he's going to have a big year. Love it. Nate, what do you got, buddy? Uh, my X factor is going to be goaltending. Uh, you've got Grubauer. He had a nice year. He's 31. You know, he had 285, 895. I'm showing back up as young Joey Decord. Um, kid's got three games under his belt, five games played. Uh, he's got a five games played, two and one record, 3.15 goals allowed, 90 save percentage. Um, sitting down there in the minors, Chris Dreger. Uh, boy, fall from graces there, guys, but you hope that he comes back and maybe can be your second goalie and have that, have the potential of what you saw from him early on. Yeah, I like that. I, I think Decord, he, he had some hype as a prospect. We'll see how he turns out here. If he gets some more playing time, looks like he earned the job there in camp. So we'll see, but they interchanged goalies a lot last season too, and it didn't really hurt him. So I, I think they'll be okay no matter who's in net. But Grubauer, he came to life in the playoffs, dude. He really helped him out down that run. For sure. For sure. So, uh, I mean, again, you know the production that you're going to get up front in front of you, and you know the kind of defensive play that you're going to get. So um, you, you do need some solid goaltending because that defense is very – um, I'd put it a little more offensively driven. It is a more a bunch more offensive defensemen than a lot of you know good solid D men. Yeah. Um, s- some good two way defenders, but this team um, mostly possess the puck. They're yeah they 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 defend by keeping the puck away from you and not letting you have it, rather than just buckling down and blocking shots. Hundred percent. The other big thing. The other big thing was Seattle too. You know. We talk about defensively and goaltending. We get into the teams uh, that we have not talked about yet in this division. It's going to be paramount that you make one or two big saves tonight if you're going to be in any, you know, against the the cream of the crop of this division. So, Nate, where do you have the Seattle crack in finishing? I have the Seattle crack in finishing third. Whoa! God Again. damn. Again. Again, boys, because you know why? Because they didn't do they the losses. Yes, they were a little tough, but there were also some good losses in there. Ryan Donato wasn't doing a whole lot for you. Carson Soucy was solid, but you bring in, or but you have the replacements there. You have Jamie Alexiak still there. Justin Schultz. You brought in Brian Dumoulin. He'll be a solid piece to replace that. Um, I like this team. They're going to put up points. They're going to be tough to stop, and and they're really good at home. That's pure and simple. Like. Except for on the except for in the playoffs. In the playoffs, they were the better road team than they were a home team. It was really weird. Yeah. Yeah, that, ser- that series against Colorado was an anomaly. They fucked them up, though, because they had the depth. Uh, what about you, Phil? Where do you have them finishing? Fourth. Fourth. I got them at fifth. I think they're just a hair behind Vancouver. Maybe a little bit of regression there. And Vancouver's jumping up. But... I do really. I still have them making the playoffs. I mean, the Pacific's getting five teams in. The Central is not. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, 
What I want to know is, what I want to know is, who's your weed man? Because I need his number. Because you got some really, you got some shit that's better than what I got. Why, why don't you call the folks out of Climate Pledge Arena, Nate? I'm sure they have yeah, they a good plug for you out there. Sure do. That's what I meant earlier, by the way, when I said Calgary finished fifth. Uh, when I said you could you could flip them in Vancouver fifth and sixth, that's what I meant for battle yeah. for wild, battle yeah. for wild card two I is what like. I, I meant could, by that. So. Yeah, absolutely. I I think I I I do think you could interchange those. I think because Aaron, I like your points about Vancouver. Um, you know that they, they do have some potential there, but um, yes, definitely getting you know getting that second wild card spot. All right, that is well. We talked about fair. making the big save. I think that's where Vancouver has the advantage. I. That's the only thing I see separating them from Seattle is the fact that they have a little bit more defensive defensemen and they have a goalie who I'll have to give the edge to. But Grubauer was insane in the playoffs last year. So if he keeps that rolling, then I may have to flip him too halfway through the season. But too much of an unknown for me. Yeah, 100%. At some point, we all eat crow, boys. Let's go uh, Let's go down to the next team, shall we? A team that got exponentially better this offseason. The Los Angeles Kings. Last season, 104 points, finished third in the Pacific. Uh, they added, we'll save the best for last. They added Kevin Kanaten, uh, another obscure former Blue Jacket, Cam Talbot to bring in some goaltending depth, Trevor Lewis, Andreas Englund, David Riddick. It's Riddick, right? Yep. It's not a yeah. – yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, Mikhail Maltsev and Joe Hicketts, but boys, this offseason for them, they brought in Pierre-Luc Dubois. Hopefully he's finally in a market he wants to be in because, holy shit, the spine of the Los Angeles Kings is the best in the league, and I really don't find that debatable. You go Dubois, Kopitar, and Philip Deneau, it doesn't get any better than that. It's one of the best. I mean, it's it's very good. Yeah. I don't know if I'd say it's the best, but I'll, I'll humor you. I, I, I think it's up there in contention. For sure. I, yeah. I I really, really like the moves LA made. And that's why I think Nate's on crack for saying the crack and are finishing third. I will say, though, I already talked about Seattle being uncertain in goal. That's the only area I'm not sure about with LA. That's that's my big thing with LA. Their goaltending is suspect as yeah. shit. And I, honestly, and honestly, their defense, um, I mean, they have Gavrikov, they have Dowdy and Anderson. I'm not I'm not sold on Roy, or Roy, Roy whatever. Um, I like Roy. I, 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 I don't know. I, they got an anchor on every pairing, though. They they got a star D man on every pairing, that's good at different things. Except for Dowdy, he's good at everything. It, how the hell is he still playing at this level, man? After everyone called him out a couple years ago, he just cranked it up to a hundred, and he's still like an awesome defenseman. It's crazy to see. Yeah, I agree. By the way, boys, I have a hot take yeah, for the Los Angeles Kings. Are you ready? If we get too near the trade deadline, they'll be sitting in the top three spot in the division in all likelihood, unless the goaltending just absolutely shits itself. I think that would be the time where they may trade a, a guy like Quentin Byfield for an elite goaltender. Because mm -hmm. Quentin Byfield, he, not, he has not fit into this team at all to start. It's been a rocky road for him to start off. And if he, if he continues to struggle and they're bouncing him up and down lines trying to find a home for him, and, you know, they can go out and get an elite goaltender and just bump everybody up a line or down a line or whatever they have to do. That's my hot take is it wouldn't shock me if it happened. I 
I think he's going to come out flying and have an insane year. I really do. I hope. I hope. I, I hope he does. If if he flounders, maybe. But they already traded so much of their prospect pool to get Dubois, Velarde gone. Uh, fucking yeah. was it? I, I follow. follow. Yeah, I follow. Yeah. Is gone. Like it's it. Uh, Kumpari, I think, is gone too, isn't he? And I think those losses, and I think those losses for them are going to be. They're going to be noticed. I follow in Velarde. Those losses are going to be noticed. That's I, all I'm going to say. I don't know. I think they brought in enough to make up for him, and they're banking on Byfield developing. But if you trade him now, it's like your whole rebuild's fucking gone. Like, you just wash your rebuild, if that's the case. And now you've got expensive older players that you're worried about. So I think they're going to hang on to him. I Unless think you get a haul. I think you can get a little bit more than a than a star goalie for Byfield. I think you could, maybe um, we'll if you play see. if you play it right. If you play it right, I I will say the thing that gives me confidence about their goaltending, Cam Talbot looked very good until he got injured last year, and last time, he was, uh, last time he was like a good good goalie. I mean he was good in Minnesota, but remember when he got traded to Edmonton? Todd McClellan was yep. the head coach there. He yeah, had yeah, an yeah. Awesome season, nice contract, and now he's reunited with Todd McClellan. Todd McClellan is one of the best tacticians in the NHL, in my opinion, and he's I think great. he's going to build a system that really helps him thrive. I I am not as concerned about their goaltending as I am some of the other teams out here. No, it's fair. I yeah, I it was just it, it's my hot take, I guess. I, I I consume enough hockey content from a lot around you know all different sources all over the place that, you know, I've heard, I've heard people talk about it and they don't really talk about it in return for goaltending. I've heard rumors of like late season, you know, you go out and get, you know, some, you know, an elite winger and some prospects back kind of thing. But for me, it'd be for goaltending if Cam Talbot doesn't pan out, but boys, I'm going to go last on this one. Uh, You know, I'll go, well, I'll go first in X factor. I'm going to go last in prediction. Okay. Uh, For me, for me, the X factor is Byfield. I think he is the X factor for me. If he produces at a high level, that complements their, you know, they're going to have a good power play. You know, they're going to get production out of the center position all up and down. They got solid wingers. You got guys like Victor Arvidsson on the third line. I love his game ever since he came over from Nashville. Good in Nashville. Great in Los Angeles, in my opinion. So they got production up and down the lineup. If Quentin Byfield can finally find his game and produce at a level that he was drafted to do, number two overall, this team could be otherworldly disgusting offensively. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so too. If he really lights on fire, man, you you are looking very, very good. Um, my X Factor, I already kind of touched on Cam Talbot. I think he's actually gonna impress some people. Everyone's talking shit about him. Like how what are the Kings thinking in goal? I think he is going to be very impressive this season, as long as he's healthy. Love it. Nate, who do you got, buddy? My X factor. Uh, I think I got to go with Philip Deneau. I'd like to see this guy have the same, if not a bigger year, as your third line center. You've got him between Arvidsson and Trevor Moore. Um, you know, he had a good year last year 18 Genos, 36 apples, uh, 54 points. Fuck it, dude. Let's see you get 60, 70. If you can get that out of a third line center, holy shit, that would be your dream scenario if you're LA and you're looking really strong offensively then. And he's an elite defensive specialist, but I think that since you bring in Dubois, 
maybe you get a little more because him and Kopitar kind of split those matchups last season. And now if you can do that and just put a little bit of that load on Dubois as well, like all those guys' production should increase. Absolutely. I'll go first. I'll go first with the predictions. I got him fourth. Okay. Uh, I think that I think that I think the goaltending is going to hurt him. Yeah, I've got him third. Uh, same spot as last year. I'd love to see him pass Edmonton, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Edmonton got too much better. I do have them passing Edmonton. Oh shit! I think they fin- I, I think they finished second in the division. I think wow. number one. N- number one, we'd all be remiss if we didn't take that team to finish first. I think that'll be unanimous. It's kind of hard to go against a team that, you know, is that strong and is coming off the season they had without giving it all away. You can all, you know, add those pieces together and build that puzzle. Um, I have a finishing second. I I do think they take over, uh, you know, for the Edmonton Oilers there in that number two spot. So I'm excited to watch the Kings this year. You know, once again, Nate, the beauty of having ESPN Plus, man, you stay up late enough on those Tuesday nights, you fall asleep. You could fall asleep watching a little Kings Oilers game out here in the East Coast. Hell yeah. I love it. It's it's the best. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's hop down. We all have, I mean, the Kings, you know, we have them all being able to, you know, they could easily. Yes, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like like we said, there's two teams, there's two teams out of the West or out of the Pacific that are making wild cards. And so I've got the Kings as wild card one. Yep, yep. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Let's hop down to a team that uh, they got better, and honestly, their best addition is probably, you know, still from the trade deadline last year in Matthias Ekholm. But the Edmonton Oilers last season, 109 points, second in the Pacific, lost out uh, in the conference finals to uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, they added Lane Peterson, Drake Kajula, Connor Brown, and Sam Gagne. Sam Gagne back for his second stint with the Edmonton Oilers. They lost Clean Coaston. Kyler Yamamoto, Nick Bukestad, Tyler Benson, and Devin Shore. Edmonton. Shorzy. Story- Sh- Shorzy. See you, see you later, bud. October 27th for those in America. Uh, Canada, enjoy it. Don't give us any spoilers. Um, I love this Edmonton team, but as always, Nate, it always comes down to the blue line for them. But, you know, Stuart Skinner, we need to see something, you know, play yeah, well. Yeah, we got, oh, we got last year. Because Jack Campbell is is dead weight to me, but yep. Stuart Skinner's got to be the guy in Edmonton. Um, this team will go. I mean, they're the best power play of all time, statistically. Yep. The, statistically, the best power play of all time. I think in playoffs at one point, weren't they like sixty percent through like two rounds? It was insane. It was ridiculous. It was insane. So, for me, Edmonton has to focus on blue line being defensively sound. And Aaron, like I said, Matthias Ekholm is still their best addition even though he was last year's trade deadline acquisition. Yeah, he – it's a little shaky right now, though, because I believe he suffered an injury in the preseason. Um, Has it? Yeah, he's uh, – there is a lack of clarity regarding the Matias Nicole yeah. injury. So they're going to be without him for probably a little bit of time here to start the season. They're not really sharing too much about that, and I don't blame them. But no. it's – I don't want it to be the same old Oilers, dude. I I don't. I'm I'm ready to see this team like be complete like they were last year, and I they need to get him back healthy for this to work well. Jack Campbell, mm-hmm. he I've talked a lot of shit about him, but all indications are he's had a much better preseason than he did last year. 
Uh, we did see him kind of take some time to settle in when we went to Toronto, too. I haven't 100% given up on him. Maybe he comes in and can start earning that money a little bit. But I really like Stuart Skinner's game if he can't. So it's like, worst case scenario, you got a way overpaid backup and a good young starting goalie. I, I like Skinner's game a lot. Um, the other addition that I really like here for this Edmonton team, Connor Brown on a very friendly sweetheart deal. Adds a little bit of depth to those wings. It's it, they, They've really done a nice job of finally filling out this roster to help McDavid and Dreisaitl not just get run into the ground every night, having to do everything for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's obviously a big thing with them, too, is you know how, how much is left in the tank by the time playoffs come around based on the production that they have to put out during the season. I love the second line of this team, by the way. Uh, I know we have different sources saying different things, but Nugent Hopkins on the left, Dreisaitl up the middle, and Evander Kane on the right. They yeah. stay healthy. I mean, good night, Jim Kite, dude. That's the number Amazing. one. Ha- that's the number one power play on a lot of teams. And that's the second line in Edmonton, man. So, you know, I just – they're so – I mean, th- their top six is probably the best top six in hockey. You know, they do have two of the top four superstars in the league on one team, on one power play. So, they're going to score. It's defensively. Could guys like Dardell Nurse – can he have a good bounce back here? He's actually my X factor for them. Uh, I've said it before on the podcast, but fun fact for the listeners, he's a cousin of Donovan McNabb. So there you go. There's a little bit of a fun fact right there. Uh, Darnell Nurse is my X factor, though. He he can be a good two-way defenseman, but sometimes I think he forgets about, you know, it, it looks like he's almost so focused and, like, wrapped up in, in, in the speed of the game and just how fast they fly around and how fast they transition from defense to offense that I think he gets a little caught up and lost loses his assignment and just gives up a stupid cheap goal on the back end of something that should have been positive for them. So I want to see Darnell Nurse take that step up this year. Yeah, you want to talk about dead weight, boy. $9 million. That's almost two Jack Campbells. That's – he would be the perfect third-pairing defenseman making like three, four million bucks a season. He'd be a very good third-pairing defenseman. I, They just ask him to do too much. So that's why it's so critical to get Ekholm back. And Evan Bouchard is going to be my X factor. He had a hell of a year last season. Took over top power play unit responsibilities when Tyson Berry got traded. He brought a new element to it. I mean, uh, most people could play point on that power play, I would say. But he he really gave him a new threat with that big shot because Barry wasn't really a shooting threat there. And I, mm-hmm. I want to see him take another step. He took a sweetheart deal to stay in Edmonton. I can't believe they got him so cheap. And I think he's going to just rake those numbers up and then rake that money in on his next contract. Love it. Nate, what do you got, buddy? Who's your X Factor for the Edmonton Oilers? X Factor for the Edmonton Oilers. Dude, I think it's got to be my guy, RNH, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. 30 years old. This dude put up 104 points last year. This dude was on a whole other level. And I'd love to see if he could... Put that kind of num put those kind of numbers up again as your second line left wing. Um, I, I mean this uh, this second line really did some numbers for them uh, last year, and so I'd love to see him do it again this year. Yeah, I there's a lot of people talking about him regressing. I think if he comes anywhere close to a hundred points, then you're you're pretty happy with that. He he oh yeah up last year, and I think 
I think he's going to have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder with everyone saying that it was all because of McDavid and Dreisaitl, which a lot of it was, but, you know, he was the first overall pick himself, so he's got a little something to prove there, like try and follow that shit up. Mm -hmm. Dude, I feel like he's been in the league for 30 years. I know, he's still got a baby face, too. My girlfriend asked me what his skincare routine is. <laughs> Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, if you ever hear this podcast, please share your skincare routine with yeah. us. We'd love to hear it. We would love to hear it. Boys... I'll go first on this one. I have them obviously finishing third uh, in the Pacific, which is great because we, once again, we get a Kings Oilers first round series. Fuck me up. Those are, that is, it's a shame they have to meet in the first round, to be honest. You know, you'd almost wish that like they could all just play the wild card teams and Vegas could just sleepwalk into the second round because they're going to probably anyways. Dude, I just wish um, they got the one through eight seeding like they used to do. It's, it would be so much better. I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. I get the, Go ahead, Phil. Sorry. I was going to say, I, I get they did it for rivalries, but brutal. Yeah. Yep, 100%. Um, I've got them. I've got them second. Um, so based off my based off mine, um, U.S. Seattle finishing third. Very well could have a Kings Edmonton Oilers second round. So. Yeah. True. I like that. Yep. That is true. Um, yeah, I've got them second as well. We're all taking Vegas. It's it's hard yeah. not to. Yeah, Edmonton, they didn't. Edmonton's so good, but I just I I think Vegas outlasts them in the regular season. Yeah, and boys, we'll go to Vegas. Yeah, we'll hop down to them. Um, you know, and I have a final question for you guys. We can kind of recap this at the end, just because it's such a competitive division. Uh, Vegas last year, first in the Pacific, hundred eleven points, hoisted Lord Stanley's Cup by throwing out a triumphant nine goals uh, on Sir, poor Sergei Bobrovsky in game five of the Stanley Cup final. Phil, did you see how sick their fucking cup rings are? I, dude, they, they gave them Coke rings. They gave them Coke rings. Dude, the the little dish inside, though, with, like, ev all nine goals marked on the sheet yeah. of ice, it's so sick. No, dude, it's, it's insane. It's Perfect place to store your Coke. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's hilarious that Vegas gets Coke rings for their Stanley Cup. Yeah. Um, no, those rings are absolutely filthy. They're beautiful. Um, they're, I'm sure the banner-raising celebration will be incredible. I hope everybody at home takes some kind of psychedelic before you watch that because it'll be worth it. Um, but, I mean, Vegas, man, I mean, what can you say about them? I mean, this team top to bottom, uh, they didn't, you know, their, their additions and subtractions aren't astronomical. To be honest, like, if you go, you know, top to bottom, they pretty much run back the same team. Their top line this year is going to be Ivan Barbashev, nails. Jack Eichel, never lost a playoff series in his career. Jonathan Marchessault. And you go down the line, I love Mark Stone on the second line with yeah. Chandler, Steve Chandler Stevenson really came into his own last year. That third line, you know, wild Bill Carlson, you know, up the middle. You got Amadio on the right. People forgot about him. He had some big playoff goals last year. And their yep. fourth line with guys like Roy and Colasar, nails. Top defensive pairing of Martinez and Petrangelo. You just go down the line. Defensively, the best six in the league. You got McNabb and Theodore. I'm going Carolina, but they're close. Okay, you're right. Top two. We'll go top two. Top two. That's fair. That's fair. Then you got Hag and White Cloud down there. And then Aiden Hill, man. Dude, this the goaltending from last year to this year is vastly different. But Aiden Hill was given the keys to the Ferrari after winning a Stanley Cup. So uh, I guess the only question is what does Aiden Hill look like for this team going into the year. But based off his Stanley Cup performance and the D in front of him, I'm sure he'll look just fine. Yeah. 
I, I think he's going to pick up right where he left off. He was a good prospect for a long time. He was the best goalie in San Jose, and they traded him for nothing. I mean, he, he wasn't good in San Jose. Nobody was, but he was better than everybody else, and they just gave him to Vegas, and look at him now. But he, even in Arizona, man, he, he had some good stents. He he just is very, very good at taking away all the obvious shit. And Vegas has the defense to only show him obvious shit. It, he's not getting all these backdoor yeah. tap-ins. And when he does, we saw him make those saves in the playoffs, too. It's it, I, I have all the faith in the world in this guy as long as he stays healthy. But if not, I mean, how many goalies did they use last season? And they still just rolled through the West. I think it was five. Yeah. Yeah, they it's been a rotating door. I mean, you Aiden Hill is going to be just fine back there, I think. My only question is Mark Stone's health. I mean, you already yeah. saw him throwing a little crybaby fit when he got hit in a preseason game. So, like, I mean, I, mean, I get it. He's I, I have all the respect in the world for Mark Stone. I think that was a little bit soft. But you have to wonder, he's got all these recurring back injuries. Is he going to be able to play the whole season? Is he going to be healthy for the playoffs? I hope he is. I want to see more of him. But I, I'm just not 100% sold on his availability. But this team's so deep. I mean, he was out for most of the season, if not the entire regular season last year, and they still won the West. So, Yeah. They, yeah, as long as he contributes when he's healthy, this team is fine. Uh, we obviously all have them finishing first, since that's the only thing we haven't said so far. Uh, and I think it'd be kind of silly for us not to have them finishing first. Um, my X factor is going to be Aiden Hill. I want to see how he does in a, in a full season. You know, did they play him 40, 50, 60, you know, whatever odd, you know, 40 some odd, 50 some odd, et cetera, games? Um, you know, how that workload wears him down throughout the season. Um, but other than that, I, you know, this is, it's a team full of X factors. So Nate, who's your X factor for the Vegas Golden Knights? Uh, I'm going to go with Logan Thompson. Young blood didn't play at all last year. Really want to see how he, he comes back. And was he? Yeah. He, yeah. he was a starter from the, from the jump, but then he got hurt. Yeah. He didn't play at all in the playoffs. That's what, that's what, that's why, that's why I couldn't remember. Yeah, he, he didn't play in the playoffs, but yeah, I want to see him come back, have a good year, and you know how Aiden Hill, you know, subs in there as a backup. I mean, they've got a young goaltending core, which is going to last them for a long time if they can keep them both together. Um, they have them both locked up till after next year, so, um, but, you know, you also could see one of them want to go somewhere and try to get that, you know, number one, or, you know, whoever's backing up, try to get that number one slot. So, um, yeah, that's mine, goaltending. Uh, mine is going to be a guy who's actually not even in the starting lineup here. And I think we're going to see him before long. Pavel Dorofeyev. He's going to be filling in for Riley Smith. The hole that he left is that just sniper boy. And I think he's going to be even a little bit better than Riley Smith once he comes into his own. Young kid. Uh, last year, he played 18 games, had seven goals in that 18 games. That's a 31-goal pace over an entire season. Now, I don't know if he's going to put up all those numbers, especially if he's not in from the start of the year, but the release that this kid has, he as soon as the puck is on his stick, he's changing the angle and just ripping it, and it's almost impossible to read. I, I love watching this guy play on the power play in the offensive zone. It, he probably needs to tighten up the D zone a little bit. That's why dickbag Bruce Cassidy has him scratched right now, but I think it'll come around for him. I, I really am expecting him to have an impact as soon as he hits the lineup again. Love it. I love it. Um, boys, the last question I want to have for you posed, 
you know, and I saved it for the Pacific, especially there are other teams we think could win the cup. We've talked about that throughout the previews teams like Carolina, you know, teams like, I mean, you take your pick in the Atlantic. There's a few that we think could, could make the run out of the top three. Well, the consensus top three, I guess, you know, Nate through Seattle in there. I don't really think Seattle's a, a cup contender quite yet, but out of the Kings, Oilers and Vegas, what are we thinking for? And I'm not talking about gambling odds, but what kind of odds do you give the, each one of them to make it to the Stanley Cup final? Uh, Vegas, I've got them at a pretty good chance. Are they going to be another Tampa Bay where they can make runs to cups consistently? I don't know, man. Again, that's a lot of hockey to be playing. So and they're an that's old my own. They are. No, they, I mean, they're not, they're not ancient. That's my thing. They're, you know, they're a lot of late 20s, early 30s. Like, there's nobody, let's see, I, I mean, the highest age that I'm seeing on their roster is 33, and that's Alex Petrangelo, so. Yeah, but the um, lowest age is, like, the. The lowest age like, is probably, is 23. Yeah, but, like, how many of those 23-year-olds? I'm saying, like, most of their stars. Jack Eichel, I would say, is probably their youngest star, and he's not old by any means, but. Everyone else is like Mark Stone's up there, Petro's up there, Shea Theodore's even getting up there. He used to be a young gun. Yeah. It's, yeah. I think Barbashev, I, I think Barbashev has potential. He's 27. Yeah. Um, Brett Brett Howden's 25. Stevenson's 29. Uh, Michael Amadio, tw- Michael Amadio, 27. Paul Cotter, 23. Yeah. Paul Chandler Cotter, Stevenson's been a been a late bloomer too. Yeah. Nick Hague, Nick Hague, 24. Yeah, Nick Hague, I like. Alec Martinez though on the defense, he's up there. It's yeah. yep. I, I just think there's a lot of their key players are up there in age. So like how they yeah, handle yeah. all that mileage. I, I, I'm not saying they can't do it. I just think that's something uh-huh. to watch for. Oh, for sure. Like I, I just a think really demanding coach too. So it's like they're not getting nights off. Yeah. So I give them. I give them like I give them pretty good chance. I give I give Edmonton a. I gave Edmonton a decent chance. Uh, I just think, uh, uh, again, uh, you know, depend. It's all dependent on what moves they need to make at the deadline and how they bolster that team. Um, L.A. I think they have a decent shot as long as they get some goaltending in there. Yeah, I am putting all three of those top teams. I'm saying. 30% chance for each of them. They're all the same because whoever comes yeah. out of that division is going to lose to either Dallas or Colorado. Dallas or yeah. Colorado is winning the Stanley Cup. Whoever wins that second round series, that's my pick. I think they're the most complete teams. Colorado, like, I mean, as long as they're healthy, they're they're beating everybody. I don't care. Yeah, 100%. If, if Dallas gives Jake Ottinger enough rest, he can stand on his head and push them through. But I think whoever wins that series wins the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I love it. I I agree with you. It's funny. This is the best division, but the Central has the two best teams in the West. So, you know, it's it, it's kind of a well, two of the three best teams. I'll get I'll, Vegas needs to be put in that conversation. They've earned that right. Um, Colorado's earned that right too. They've also won a cup. Dallas has not earned that right, but we put them there anyways because we love their team. And they've been in so, the final recently and only got better since. Yeah, it's true. And uh, the young super, the young stars for Dallas that we talked about too. Just yeah, love that team. Um, no, that that's entirely fair. So 
that'll wrap up the Pacific, I believe. Do we have any uh, final points before we take off here? I've I think I've got it all. Locked I've laid it all uh, laid oh, it all oh, out on thing. the line. One thing uh, you mentioned opening night in Vegas, hammer Seattle money line in that game. It's so common that the team that wins the cup goes out. They have this long ass ceremony. They're standing on the ice forever. Their warm ups totally out of the system by then. While meanwhile, the other team, as long as they're a decent opponent, I mean, Chicago wasn't doing shit against Tampa last year, but. Like, Seattle's a good team. They're going to be pissed off sitting in that locker room for fucking 45 minutes while Vegas jerks himself off out there, and yep. they're going to come out flying. It's true. Yeah, I, that's a great one. Maybe maybe parlay a Veneers goal in there. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Juicy Seattle ass definitely a bit, wins Aaron. the first period. Definitely first period money line. First period money line for sure. And then from there, we'll see who gets more pissed off about, you know, raising the banner versus the score at the end of the first period, but... No, that's, no, that's great. Uh, you know, guys, it's been fun to uh, do these previews. Obviously, they're a little longer. We appreciate the listeners, you know, sitting through our uh, lengthy previews. And obviously, we'll be back to the regular, regularly scheduled recordings. Um, we do them on Wednesday nights. If you have listener questions, please send them to us at Beerly Hockey. Um, I see the DMs, and I also get the DMs forwarded to me if you send them to Beerly Sports. So we are happy to answer any and all questions regarding anything in the hockey world. Obviously, we talk mostly NHL, but if you have college questions or minor league questions, we're happy to talk about those too. So feel free to shoot those our way. So that'll wrap up this Pacific preview version of the Beerly Hockey Podcast. For Aaron Kinney and Nate McBride, I'm Phil Razor saying Beerly Hockey. Aaron as well with Bruce. Hello, broadcast boys. Let's get on to the regular season.